If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Utah brings extra again. They throw it to Carrington. He caught it out of the end zone. Perfect call, man. Coverage. At times you see P.I. called there. I don't know, Ted. I think he's in. Wow. After review, the receiver's foot was inbounds, and he maintained control of the ball. Going to the, the result of the play is a touchdown. Welcome right into the Utah Man Podcast. I'm Cameron. We got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. It's good to be back. And Scott. That'll welcome everybody back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reminder of how last season ended, isn't it? Hey, let's forget about all this excitement from spring and let's throw you right back to November. <laughs> hey, no, that should get you excited because as everyone knows, Carrington is now with the Utes. If you can't beat them, steal them, right? <laughs> that should be the next video the coaching staff does. Instead of steal them back, it's if they can't beat you. Uh, I don't even know where I'm going <laughs> with that. <laughs> Nix that. If you can't beat them, get them drunk. <laughs> so yeah, the news broke uh, just yesterday that Darren Carrington is eligible. He got his final waiver from the Pac-12 Head office. I don't know if that's what you call it or Pac twelve. Isn't it like a Pac-12 faculty, faculty something or other committee committee that has no authority <laughs> except to tell players they can transfer? That's I don't. Anyway, anyway, they. I'd like to be on that committee. You would do like nothing. Like you'd have like three responsibilities <laughs> a year. <laughs> I think the refs go to that faculty meeting too. <laughs> So he he received his or his reward for transfer, so he's eligible to play. So I think I think it, it really helps this wide receiving core that was really inexperienced. Um, there's some depth there, but but not a lot of experience. So it was great to get him, and I think he's already a number one guy on this team. Oh yeah, I I think he he brings legitimacy to the group already. I mean, he's a proven thousand yard receiver, which we haven't had since Dress. And before Dress, who is was David Reed the last guy to? I can't even remember. I mean, it's not something that happens very often at Utah in the, through the passing. Dress could have caught the ball. He could have been a two thousand yard receiver. <laughs> <laughs> oh golly, we're hot today. <laughs> no, but I, I, I obviously, you know, we only get him for one year, but. 
he is going to be the focus of of that passing game, and with what he what he what he brings, being able to match up with Troy Taylor's offense, I think it's going to be real exciting to watch. But I think this this wide receiver group is actually, yeah, you said not a ton of experience, but I think we're deeper than we've ever been. I mean, if you if you just look across the board of who we got um, at the wideout position, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, in in years past, we would take eight guys on the eight eight wide receivers on the road, and I mean, you look at our top eight right now. Um, you know, at this point, we're probably if we're going to be running four or five wide receiver sets, we'll probably even possibly take more up, upwards of ten onto uh, um, away games and travel squads. So we're deep. You're right, not a ton of experience, but I think we've got a lot of talent there. What I like most about uh, the addition of Carrington is two things. First, his his experience and his speed and ability at that position to go out and get first downs and, and touchdowns. But when you bring a guy in like that who has experience and demands the attention of the defense, that's going to open up so many other opportunities for other receivers on the field. Well, I mean, you, you've seen, you've seen on some of the. I mean, we've been to, we've been to some, uh, some of the practices, and, uh, and and even some of the videos that have been put out. I mean, just the route structures. You're able to see in that small glimpse, that little window that we've seen so far. You're able to see route structures of guys running routes to create space for other guys. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I mean, Carrington, he catches everything that comes his way. And I think that's where our guys have not met the same level as those upper echelon Pac-12 wide receivers is we've got guys with speed. We've got guys that are athletic. We do have a coach now who can coach them up, who can get them to improve their each, you know individual skills but it's being able to catch the ball in traffic, go up and bring it down consistently, and not these dropsies that just keeps plaguing us year after year. That's where Carrington kind of separates, I think. And him being on the team, I'm hoping he kind of elevates every, every all the other wide receivers to come to his level and start acting and producing similar to what he's done. Well, and look what he's going to be able to do to take a lot of that pressure off Singleton. Because coming into the season, right, Singleton was going to be the number one guy. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong, Singleton's a, a, is a talented player. S- Singleton is number one worthy. The problem with Singleton is he's never been able to stay healthy mm-hmm. consistently. Yes. So you've been able to be able to produce that type of season that he's capable of. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think last year he had what you would might call a breakout year. But it was a result. When you say breakout, do you? I mean, are we talking Marcus Williams type breakout, or hey, please define? He he's in the NFL now, so that was a breakout year. <laughs> anyway, last year Singleton had what I would call a breakout year, but I think it was a result of Tim Patrick on the other side of the field with the the attention that he received, which. Allowed Singleton to oh for sure produce the way he did, and you've got you've got to have multiple weapons, you know, and and I think we've got that. I mean, Sipkins, he looked really good in stretches. Obviously, a true freshman, you're going to have some inconsistencies. Um, C.O.C. Wilson, he showed really well in moments last year. Kyle Folks, 
there was a few moments in there. You know, he's still Mr. Dropsies in my in my. Uh, he's had a book, couple of good catches in film for the for fall camp, but it's you're right. When the lights come on, is he gonna? catch the ball he hasn't proven that yet no but uh, i mean we've got the talent that the talent's there and i think we've got depth and you know man do i wish we had covey back this year can you imagine covey in the slot with uh with carrington on the outside but uh but no i mean the 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 weapons are there i mean mccormick's gonna be utilized he's been switched over to a wide receiver so he's gonna he's kind of gonna feel that covey spot i mean he's got that type of speed you know, obviously, does he have the effects of Covey? I, uh, probably not. Most, <laughs> most don't. But um, the depth is there. And uh, you know, what do we talk about every year? It really comes back to the quarterback getting them the ball. Is is an unknown, again, because we have a new offense, a new offensive coordinator once again. Uh, but I, I'm actually really excited to, and I think all of us should be excited to see what this what the potential is with this new offense. Uh, I'm excited for two things. The I'll tell you who's excited. Troy Williams. <laughs> I think there's a lot of guys on that offense that are excited that uh, A-Rod's not there anymore. <laughs> they have not been shy about that. No, no. And it even started in the, in the very first practice. It, it was interesting because spring... We didn't get that feel at all, right? No, oh, but I, there were there were there were comments. I guess there. hints, but really, I maybe just because everything was still so new. But now that they're a little bit more comfortable with the system and with the new offensive coaches, I mean, the, which is exciting. Let, though, the only go. thing they haven't done is thrown a parade that he's gone. <laughs> oh, jeez, I'm serious. But but at the same time, maybe they sh- shouldn't throw a rod under the bus like they have been. Maybe it's deserved. Maybe it's not. But one thing is for sure that they seem to have bought in to to Troy Taylor's offensive scheme. So Troy Taylor has one year of college coaching, and it's at a lower level. Prior to that, came from high school. You look at some of the comments that other Pac-12 coaches have made in regards to Troy Taylor, they're already surpassing what anybody had to say about Roderick while he was here. You never heard a word about Roderick. His abilities, his... Mm. Uh, what he brought to the table as a, as a coordinator, and the fact that the guy still doesn't have a job, I mean, I'm, I don't want to just you know trash him, but th- there's definitely a lot of red flags there that uh, um, I think it's good that <laughs> we're going in the direction for the ninth straight year. Well, how many how many times have we sat around this table and talked about how important it is to have a quarterback coach that has experience in either playing or coaching that position i mean we haven't had that in since brian since johnson brian Johnson, and he was pretty young when he took that over so i'm excited and i think probably based on some some things we've heard troy williams say that he's excited to have a guy that can tutor him and mentor him that actually played the position we'll see if it plays out it should no, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for this offense. I think I don't think it's probably going to be as drastic of a change as maybe we're all making it out to be, where we're just going to be throwing the ball ninety passes a game. I mean, I I, I expect we're still going to be fairly balanced, and you're, especially early on in the season, I think you're going to see a lot of running the ball. But I think a lot of that is going to come down to the O line and how well they're able to open up holes. 
and maybe even how well they're able to pass protect. Um, you know, because that's that's going to be a big factor. A lot of lot of new bodies after sending four guys to the NFL last year from the O line. Well, I think as long as Witt's the head coach, there's going to be balance in the play calling. It's not going to be an air raid like Washington State, something like that. Um, but well, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a real tempo based offense. You know, it's an, it's the iPhone offense, as he continually alludes to. <laughs> but, you know, what I find interesting is is he talks about the, the tempo is really what drives this. And it's not the fast tempo, go fast, go hard, or even an Oregon-type tempo. But it's a tempo that adjusts during the series. Sometimes they're going to slow it down. Sometimes they're going to speed it up. There's triggers in there on when they're going to do certain things. And 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 he he talks a lot about how that tempo is such a key to them being able to be successful offensively. And so, you know, it isn't just, oh, okay, we're going to huddle like we've done and and wind the clock down and just kind of slow this game down like we did against Cal last year. You know, at the same time, we're, just, we're not going to go and just feed it down somebody's throat all the time. I think you're going to see a lot of balance. Times where we're going to pick it up, we're going to go fast, fast, fast. Other times you're going to really kind of see some adjustments made tempo-wise and in this passing game. So, I mean, we, we talk about the wide receivers and their role in this because they've got multiple routes options, it seems like, on most every play. They've got to read that defense to decide which way they're breaking their route. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see if everybody's on the same page early on. And just to kind of run out the the wide receivers here, and just to show the depth, so it was announced this week that Kendrick Young was switching from wide receiver to DB. Say what? That hasn't happened very often in the Whittingham era. Usually it's the other way around, because they are so deep at DB, and they need people at wide receiver. Um, so I think that shows you where they are right now with this wide receiving group. That they're... I'm not sure that's what it says. What do you think it says? I'm not sure there's a spot for Kendrick Young on the team. The guys, the, I mean, he's a senior and he hardly gets on the field as it is. I, who, who switches positions from offense to defense in fall camp of your senior year? I mean, this isn't spring ball where they can experiment and then get him back to his spot for fall camp. I mean, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You're not going to learn a new position in time for the season. I mean, okay, they he, did it with Corey Butler Bird last year. Well, Corey so Butler, he came in as a wide receiver. They moved him to corner, and oh, he started his junior year at corner. And then correct. during fall, but, but they w- moved him back solely as wide receiver. Correct. But he had played both. Kenrick Young has not played DB. Exactly. So that to me, that shows that they have enough bodies and the wide receiver and group that they can allow someone to go to a different For position. For sure, but I don't think... That's he, all I'm I saying. I don't think he was factoring in. Well, don't put words in my mouth, because I'm not trying to say that he's going to come in and that he's starting at DB. All I'm... My, That's all what my, I heard. You're, no, you're, sta- my, you're sounding like a DB right all, now. Oh. <laughs> all my point was, was that they had enough bodies at the wider receiving group that they could afford allowing a player to move positions to another side of the ball I, uh, to try to get I, yes, playing time. And I, and okay? I, and I we're get done that. with I get that. that. No, I get this that. Wide re- uh, guy, guy, okay, okay, no, we're done with wide receivers. Let's listen, move on to the guys listen, that are going to throw the ball listen, to the wide receivers. What did Guy Holiday... No, no, listen. Just listen. Okay. 
What did Guy Holiday have to say about him during spring ball? Do you remember? He said he was one of the standouts at the wide receiver position in spring ball. said he was the guy that was standing out to him, has made the most progress. And then fall camp comes and he gets moved over to DB. So, yeah, to an extent, I agree that they're obviously in a Okay, so if it doesn't matter, if, if what you're saying, it doesn't matter where Kendrick Young plays because he's not going to get on the field. He's not. So it, okay. <laughs> that, that's okay. my point. Okay. So then why just keep him at wide receivers just in case there's injuries? They He's already there. Well, I, I think, I think so, obviously they maybe want him as an emergency DB if, he get, if we get to that point. And if needs be, he could always be switched back to wide out, but... He probably it saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't going to get playing time at that position, so he said, hey, coaches, where's the best chance for me to get on the field? <laughs> yeah, it just seems weird that at a senior year that you're making a change like that. But, hey, whatever works, buddy. So the guys that are going to be throwing the ball to wide receivers, because we're done with that, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a three-man race this whole time. Now it's down to two. And you'd think it was Troy Williams and Cooper Bateman. But no, but the it, Alabama guy is out. We don't want the Alabama. It is off. Tyler Huntley still in the race. Uh, Winningham has talked a lot about Huntley saying that he's making plays out there. Uh, that's why he's still being considered. I don't think he will be the starter. I don't know if this is just something that Winningham's doing to, one, push Williams to keep working harder, and two, to keep Huntley from transferring. I think that's the most likely scenario. You know, I sit here and wonder, I guess we all kind of sit here and wonder, every year we seem to be going through the same thing. There's a couple of guys vying for that starting quarterback position, and Winningham said, well, We'll let them get their reps, and they'll separate themselves in camp, and it goes on and on and on. And before you know it, game one's here, and nobody knows who the starter is until they run out on the field. And is that just Whittingham's M.O.? He doesn't want to give the media something to talk about or to discredit, or is he really pushing competition or maybe really they are neck and neck and he can't decide i mean what is it it seems odd that every single year there's two guys that are neck and neck until game one so it's all and, the above. and both necks usually aren't very good <laughs> so right i think it's all the above right well because I mean, what it, we've seen is is the 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 little time that we can see and the little time of that we even see the ones and twos they've been getting equal so it's not just lip service that he's saying that they really are no, splitting reps. They, I mean, it, it, what, what at least what we see, the five minutes we see, we are seeing them split evenly. It kind of takes you back to the days of Corbin Laux and Terrence Kane. Oh, jeez. You know, and uh, Jordan Wynn and Hey John Hayes. You know, those epic quarterback battles... And what we're Darnell able to, what, and what we're able to, to learn. Do you know what it always takes me back to? Is and I, I think I was in elementary school when this happened with Ron McBride, and he wouldn't name a starter, and the one of them was a captain and came out for the touring toss. Everyone's like, "Oh, that's the starter." Was it TD Croshaw? I think it was Croshaw. It was Croshaw. And was who, it Arsenault? No, it wouldn't have been Arsenault. Who would that have been? It was TD Croshaw and Lance Rice. 
No, no that's too Lance far Lance Rice did come in midseason, and I think he finished the season because he's the one that screwed up that Air Force game in the last <laughs> 30, was so brutal. 30 seconds oh. of that game. But Th- This is great podcasting right now. <laughs> Bill Barcroft, back to the history of the Utah Utes. Anywho, that's what it always reminds me of, right? The, Do you guys like the- my fake hair? <laughs> Okay, the uh, the few times I've met Mark, Mark or Bill Markcroft, I, I peed on had, my cowboy boots. He, yeah, he wore like rattlesnake cowboy boots and a rattlesnake belt. Well, I remember back when we were playing in Laramie, Wyoming, back in the whack in Mountain <laughs> West in days, forty-eight, and I went into the restrooms and I peed in their urinals, <laughs> and only to realize there were no pipes and it was dripping on my cowboy boots. The Utes came out on top that day with a score of 31 to 17. Highlights of Utah football. <laughs> I'm dying. It was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that Bill, Bill, Bill Markoff moment. moment. <laughs> oh my god. So gosh. yeah, it kinda, so back to the original point, I think it's all the above. Okay, everything you said I completely agree with Ryan for all those reasons. And here's the thing. If Winningham would allow media to have a little bit more access, I think all the speculation would kind of die down. You're probably right. I think he, he's cut it out so much that they they pick I mean they only get to see so much, so they don't they don't have a lot to talk about, so they just sit there and speculate and Well, that is true. <laughs> but I mean, Andrew Gorringe from Scout, uh, he posed a question on on Twitter last night. It was actually a really good question. If Huntley does win the job, does that give you more confidence or less confidence in the quarterback position? And that, to me, that's a tough question to answer because if he comes, I, I just have, I just have felt, even though Troy Williams hasn't set the world on fire, I haven't, we just haven't seen enough uh, of Huntley to know whether he can do it, whether he can be the guy. So if he, if he surpasses Troy, it makes me think, how how good are we really at the quarterback position, or has he really just made leaps and bounds to be able to uh, to win that job? And as Whittingham has said, he's out there, he's electric, he's making plays that other guys can't, and and that's exciting. And I like that aspect of his game. But is he in between those exciting moments? How consistent is he at getting the job done? I mean, and I don't think any any of us have the answer to that because we're not. In the co- coaching meetings, we're not a practice enough to really be able to see what's uh, what type of progress he's really made. But yeah, I mean, my take on I, I from a fan standpoint, I really don't care which one of them is the quarterback, and I guess I, you have to trust that they're going to make the right call. And they're going to pick the guy who's going to give the team the best chance to win. And if it's Huntley, great. If it's Williams, great. I don't care. The the only thing I think in regards to the question you asked, Scott, would be if if Huntley does win the position, is it because he surpassed Williams or is Troy Taylor's offense more conducive to his abilities? See, I think Troy can... It's interchanged with yeah, what I mean, it is yeah. an iPhone offense. <laughs> well, no, because look at it. So it's the same offense that he ran in, in high school, right, with, with Jake Browning. And Jake Browning even talked about the guys above him were all spread guys, all option guys. 
And then it was Jake's turn to take over the team, and he was more of a pro style. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Coach Taylor in his offense and, and what he does, and yeah, we like to make fun of it, it's the iPhone. But I think he can tailor it, no pun intended, Ooh. to whoever, whatever type of quarterbacks back there. And if that's the case, and so that gives me the best, the best man wins. Exactly, then. and that's why I, who's ever back there, I'm with you. Who's ever back there, I, I'll, tr- I'll trust the coaching staff. Well, and there was, a, I mean, there's a little bit of uproar today when, uh, after practice, Winningham said that he's going to make the final decision on the starting quarterback, and I think fans were just like, "We went there. He is. He's meddling again." Yes, exactly. And there's this, you know, I just wish, my hope, you know, I'm going to rub the genie. I'm wasting one of my wishes on this fan base to change their thinking on on the our offense and Whittingham's influence on it. Every every day since spring practices or excuse me, since fall camp has opened up, somebody has asked and there's been a comment about Whittingham about his involvement in the offense and does Troy Taylor have full autonomy and uh, who's making these decisions? I mean it's pretty clear. How many times does Whittingham have to say that Troy has full reign of this offense? But any head coach is going to make final say on starting personnel. That's nothing new. That's not no. to Utah. That's not new to college football. Obviously, Troy's going to have a big say in that. And if, if, you know, obviously, if Troy felt what uh, Troy Taylor felt one way and went went another, then we may have an issue on our hands. But but if that were the case, it's not going to be made known to us. No, it's, it's not. It's, and I just think we've just got we've just got to relax on this as a fan base. And look, Winningham wants to win just as much as all of us do. Okay, I I say even more. <laughs> That's his livelihood. I exactly. mean, yeah, he he's probably got enough. To live comfortably for the rest of his life, he's but if you got to think he's about at it, every practice he's going to make the right decision, and and Troy's going to have as much influence on that decision as anybody. So, I uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think I think Troy's going to be ultimately he's going to be the starter. I'm not sure it's as close as maybe they're trying to portray it to be, but if if it is, then we got ourselves a good backup. So there's no complaints mm-hmm. there. Okay, let's switch over. Let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball because we lose a lot in the secondary. Pretty much the entire secondary is going to be new from cornerback, safety positions. Also, uh, apparently the strong safety, possibly. Yeah, too. we we learned that uh, there's been a little lingering groin issue. Nobody nobody likes a lingering groin issue. <laughs> And uh, so hopefully that gets uh, sealed up in time for uh, for the start of the season, but. A lot of new names, but you, I, you've heard it. You've heard it from players. You've heard it from the coaching staff, where guys who were played on this defense last year think that this defense is going to be better than it was last year. Mm-hmm. I've heard John Peace say that. I mean, John John Peace has been on the radio a few times, and obviously I think he's, he, he's John Peace was at that game where Marcroft peed on his boots. <laughs> Well, obviously, we know that Peace has been a part of this program, but in, still is. He still is, I think, to a certain extent. But he's been on the radio a few times, and he's just raving about the speed and and agility of the defensive secondary. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you you look at it last year. So, I kind of I broke down some some stats that stuck out uh, to me from the defense last year. 
Okay, so our starting corners last year, Brian Allen, Domo, you had Justin Thomas in the nickel, and uh, Reginald, Reggie Porter um, on the other side. So three of those guys are on NFL or in NFL camps right now. But we gave up over 3,300 yards passing last season. Now, granted, it's the Pac-12. A lot of teams pass the ball all over the field. So you're going to give up, you're going to give up some passing yards. But we ranked 101st in the country in pass defense last year. Rush defense, we were solid. Well, so the speculation is that we'll be better. I hope so. Yeah, so my point is, even though we are completely replacing our secondary, and we lost, you know, Marcus Williams to the Saints, and and all these guys who are whether they make teams or not, they're they're in NFL camps, so they're they're pretty talented guys. I think I sure as heck hope we're not giving up three hundred or thirty three hundred yards again through the air. We've got to be able to 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 be better defensively through the air. And I mean, you talk about um, all these guys. Blackman has come on. You know, we we we've heard obviously the speed of Guidry, Jalen Johnson. That's who I'm I was, excited to watch. I was going to say Jalen Johnson, true freshman, and people are saying he's going to contribute this year when, in a big w- way. When you stand close to him, you realize that boy should not have been in high school last year. He he's built. He he looks like he's been in uh, uh, the off season weight program for a couple of years now. Well, not only his speed, but apparently his ability to play the ball, yeah, is unbelievable for for a freshman. Well, I think that's why he was such a highly coveted player. Is just his his ability to plug him in and play from day one. Obviously, you know we'll we'll have to see how Tyrone Smith looks. Burgess. Burgess is good to get some action. Casey Hughes, who's been in the program for it seems like a decade, uh, he's getting his opportunity, and and he lo- and from all accounts, he's I think been, he was uh, recruited with Brandon Dart. <laughs> oh, <laughs> names from the past, which brings joy to my soul. But I mean, and and Cam's Cam's breakout player of the year, Kenrick Young. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I didn't. I haven't called that yet. No, but I mean, we've got, I think, yeah, we've got the speed, we've got the athleticism. I am so excited for the safety position. Obviously, we're going to get Chase back. He's going to be good. Ballard looks to be as good as advertised. But how about Philip Afia? I've heard good things about him. I, I mean, it's a hit to lose Chase Hansen. Obviously, I think he, or at least it appears that he will be back by hope by potentially game one but most likely game two if all continues to go as planned but um when you you have the the versatility of moving ballard to strong safety and then getting uh afia and blair some practice time uh, at this at that safety position and again i'm going to go back to listening to to Peace on the radio. He he's raved about all those guys and their their speed and their abilities back there. Well, I I think the I think that is somewhat a blessing in disguise having Chase go out for fall camp, get him healthy. But now you get a F- Philip Afia who's really come onto the scene. I mean, he was a highly recruited kid a couple of years ago, and he just hasn't obviously had his opportunity. But he's looking to be able to prove that he can play. Blair, I mean, Scally's in love with Blair. Just what say? Who isn't? I mean, how powerful he is, and they just say how physical he is to be able to play that strong safety position. 
So, I, but I think those guys getting all the reps with uh, with Chase sitting out, I think it's going to play a huge um, dividend. It's going to pay a big dividend uh, as the season goes on because you're going to have you're going to have guys get tweaked, get some injuries, maybe sit out a game, have to sit out for for periods, and so and having some extra depth, having some guys get a little bit more experience, I think is going to prove real uh, real p- uh, pivotal for the rest of the season. But I d- I don't know I even though we're losing so much in from last year in the secondary, I really think we're going to take a step forward. We're I mean. Lewis Powell says we're ten to eleven deep on the D line. I mean, that's crazy. That's insane. How are we even recruiting guys? Because they're not going to get a, they're not going to play for two years. But I think that, and I kind of talked about that on on the podcast last week after practice. Is I think this is the first year we're really going to see that Pac twelve depth that we've been wanting since we joined. We saw glimpses of it last year, right? But I think top to bottom. This is going to be the first year where we actually see those twos and threes that are Pac-12 players. I, you're right, but I would say that's true about the defensive line and about the secondary. I'm a little hesitant to say we're deep at linebacker. True, like, yeah, linebacker, offensive line. Those are maybe our low, our, yeah. our more thinner positions. But but still, I, I think across the board, we're gonna we're going to be able to see that depth. And I think that will help us. What Scott, what you're saying, I think you're making a great point is that these guys are getting the reps now that can help them when players are getting dinged up later in the year. And hopefully, you know, we have better Novembers. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm assuming that, uh, Kavika, I'm not going to say his last name because I don't know how to say it. La, La Sanga, That guy. And, and Tatioli are going to be the starting linebackers. Um, but beyond that, you've got Cody Barton, who has a lot of experience. He played a lot last year. And his hand says this, seems to think he's made a lot of progress. But beyond those three guys, there's not. You've got that Donovan uh, Thompson, Donovan Thompson, and he actually started, I believe, it was the last two games of the year with uh, Tatioli being out, and he mm-hmm. he proved he proved to be a pretty good player at times. And I think obviously he's just going to continue to improve. You've got that Lindquist kid who's a transfer from Weber State who's like power-lifting king of the world. And uh, so, uh, you know, but but I don't know if that we absolutely, obviously we want to be, but I'm not sure how critical it is that we're deep at linebacker considering we're going to have two linebackers on the field max at any point in the season. I mean, we're going we're gonna to have DBs all over the place. You're going to be in dime. I think you're going to have to be in dime with all, with the talent that we have at at, at DB. You want to get that talent on the field. Well, and, and even even to an extent with Morgan Scally, he, we saw this a little bit last year. There's time where you're going to have Chase Hansen down lining up as a backer. Mm-hmm. You know, Marquise Blair's that type of player as well, and and he could he could probably follow suit um, in that same th- situation. So. Uh, I think we got all the weapons that we need defensively. It's just obviously uh, um, getting getting things rolling here. Okay, so that's kind of our thoughts of what's kind of going on uh, up with Camp Kyle and then players and position groups. We're excited to see for this upcoming season. Uh, before each season, we, we like to do a prediction. Uh, we kind of like to do a prediction show. We threw it up on Twitter. And we got some great responses. So we'll read through those. But first, we'll kind of give our predictions. The first question I have for you guys is how many games are the Utes going to win this season? Well, Ryan, 
We're waiting. I thought you were going. <laughs> well, you know Ryan wants to go last. He can steal ours. Right. Oh, what? I'll, right. I'll, I'll go. go first. I, I am a little rusty. I forgot Ryan is a fence sitter. Um, I think you're going to... I'm trying to decide between eight and four and nine and three. Obviously, I think with all that we have to replace and a new offense, I think eight and four is probably a little bit more realistic considering there's always a game or two that we lose that we probably shouldn't. Um, but if this offense, I think the defense is, we're going to be as good as, as we typically are, if not better. Um, the question is, does the offense mesh and are, are we able to produce like we hope we do? And if so, then I think we're nine and three, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with eight and four just to, just to be safe. Ryan, where are you going on this? I'm going to go nine and three. I think that's, a lot of you probably think that's kind of high and homeristic, but um, I'm kind of along the same lines as Scott. If the defense is as good, if not better, than last year, we're going to be in every game. Um, but I think it's going to be tough to win at USC. It's going to be tough to win at Washington. And there's going to be one game in there that we should have, we, the, we lose that we should have won. So I'm going to say nine and three. I have nine and three and two. I think for the same reasons, I think we lose probably USC and Washington. And I think we split Oregon and Stanford. So I, I, I think the, the three losses come in conference. So nine and three for me. Breakout players. We have rules this year because Ryan cheated last year and picked Marcus Williams. My breakout Williams player is as in a the breakout NFL. player. Okay. So for yeah, breakout he, players, he they can't, they can't prior, be on a prior. all Pac-12 team the year prior <laughs> or two years prior in Carrington's case or anything <laughs> like that. So Scott, who is your breakout player for this year? Uh, my guy is uh, I've been I've been pubbing him on on Twitter and it's it's my guy Marquise Blair. That's a good one. That's a good I'm, one. I'm excited about him. Ryan, where are you going? I'm gonna go Zach Moss. Oh. That's a good one. I almost went with Zach Moss. I think um, that's a good one. That is. That is. Yes. I don't want to hear it, Scott. Right? That's a good one. That is, that is still just tweetering right on the edge of those with the rule book there. How he wasn't Pac twelve. He was a he was a freshman. It, it, it last had year. to be all Pac twelve the year before. He played significantly last year. Ryan, I think it's in within the rules. And, and was even a starter a few games. You're just jealous. I picked up winner. No, I picked what an actual definition of a breakout player is. Somebody who okay. breaks out of not being known or seen. Because he ran the ball a few times, he can't Dude, be a he, backout He was a four-star recruit we f- basically flipped from Miami. And he'll be in the NFL next year. <laughs> we should just edit him out of this segment. <laughs> All right, right, you're going with Moss, right? Yes. John Elway wasn't available. <laughs> I was going to go with Terrell Davis, but he's in the Hall of Fame now. <laughs> All right, I'm going with the same guy I had last year. So I don't want him How'd to that work out so for apparently you? he didn't have a breakout year last year. <laughs> Cam's got real good faith. I believe in you, brother. I'm going Bradley and I. Oh, that's a good one. I, uh, I, I think he's going to burst onto the scene. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. Uh, it was I, If you guys were going to make me choose someone else, I was going to do uh, Samson Nakua. 
Okay, so we weren't planning on this. On the fly, if you pick defense, now you got to go offense. If you picked offense, now you got to go defense. Well, I just did it, so Samson Nakua. <laughs> Damn you. All right, my on-the-fly defensive breakout players, Caleb Rep. Ooh. Okay, my guy is... Uh, I'm going O-line. I'm going Jordan oh. Agassiva. Agassiva. I'm not sure how that's pronounced, but... He is my breakout offensive player. I think he is going to turn into Garrett Bowles-like on the offensive line. Except for he doesn't play tackle. <laughs> Small issue. Hey, if if he has a breakout year, that means that's great for the O-line, right? Heck yeah. We need it. All right, so before we get to any more of our predictions, uh, you know, let's just go ahead and just read some good ones that we have on Twitter. All right, Utes football fan, also known as Josh from uh, Sweden, I believe. Um, he says, I'm on the 11-2 and two with a bowl game win. Call me crazy, but there's something in this cool aid. Shine Johnson and I, Williams. He got six favorites on that one response. Very nice. Very homeristic, though. I like, I like it. This Josh was not switched over to the defense, though. All right. At eleven thirty eight, Wendoid says ten and three, including the bowl win. I think Carrington heals our hearts from last year's game a little, and Troy Williams has a fabulous year. I, I like I that. I was, hope he heals I us. I think she means Travis Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one for you, Scott. I think you would like. This is from Jorge at Jorge Gorgeous One. He has a uh, nine to ten wins. With breakout players, Afia, Williams, and Sipkins. All right. Name cannot be blank at Grant C. Yates says. Eight wins, nine with the bowl game. You sound like you're on a game show. Eight wins, nine with the bowl game, and Shine, Anai, and Lufa Saga. (laughs) I I can't make fun of you, Ryan, because how bad I, I do. Lufa Tasaga. Unless we have um, Sai, who's helped us out with interviews up at practices and whatnot. He's uh, 10 and 3, second in the South, losses to SC, Washington, and Wazoo. Wazoo, come on, Sai. Wazoo gives us uh, trouble. Win in the bowl game. His breakout players, Anai. I like where he's going with that one. Blackman, Soasi Wilson, and, and Devontae Henry Cole. All right, DFW Ute says, I'm predicting the winner of Utah-USC game will win the Pac-12 South. Ooh, I like it. Good chance of that. I like it, I like it. All right, thanks everyone for uh, tweeting us your predictions. It's always fun to get interaction um, from our listeners, so hit us up on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. You can always email us at utahmanpodcast at gmail. All right, so we got a couple more predictions uh, that we like to do. These are just kind of for fun, what we're going to do. Scott, you had one. Why don't you throw it out? So every year, you know, without a doubt, the athletic department comes out with some sort of new item, a new thing that they would like all of us to hold hands and do together (laughs) as a fan base. And uh, whether it is the drum that just died a horrible death, the unrhythmic clapping that went along with it, or my personal favorite, the chant or cheer before the game. Oh, I hate that. Where they tell us what letter to say, <laughs> and there's always 
what was it? The uh, it was always the the east side was awful at pulling their weight. Anywho, <laughs> so my this is this is uh, we are going to predict what new item the athletic department is going to come out with this year. Can I go first? Yep, you're on the clock. I say since we're since tonight's been a been about walk down memory lane for a, a bunch of Utah football traditions. I'm going to go with back in the mid to late 90s when the band would come out with the baton girl. Ryan had a thing for her. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you he's, he's a little giddy. <laughs> no, Ryan's giggling over here. Over here. He's, like back, he's back to his college days. You he's don't like, remember this? Where his hormones were flowing like the salmon of How Capistrano. is it any different from like the flag girls they have now? Don't you remember they brought this girl out who had supposed to be this expert baton and, she did, and then she'd throw it like way up in the air and catch it and it was just so oh, stupid. That also reminds me when they also tried to bring an actual hawk and it flew away. <laughs> that was, that was going to be my prediction. <laughs> They've already tried it. You can't. That they you were can't gonna, double stamp a triple stamp. They were going to bring Storm back. <laughs> they finally caught him. <laughs> he was. That was the best. He flew away He's through dead. the red and white game. <laughs> okay, so Ryan's prediction is a baton girl. <laughs> no. So they're going to. Uh, they're going to. Um, be giving out these clear plastic bags for everybody to uh, to, well, bring, not, bring their, not, to bring their items. They're through. not giving them out. Well, not this year. Next year they will be. Well, just, you got to buy them. Just listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. This is my prediction. Okay. So when they're going to give you your bag, and uh, but what you don't know is inside your bag is going to be a Bill Marcroft <laughs> hairpiece. <laughs> Maybe they'll have a Bill Marcroft night where you have to wear it. There's 46,000 Bill Marcrofts here. And, and each bag will have an, a different story. Each section will have a different Bill, Crop, Bill Marcroft memory. And just prior to kickoff, when the uh, captains approach midfield for the coin toss... All of the fans will simultaneously put on their hairpiece and start rocking to back in black, Metallica. <laughs> that thing will just wave in the wind. Oh, my gosh. You know what? If you do athletic department, I'm speaking to you directly right now. If you use this, I want royalties. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, we have baton girls... Bill Marcroft wigs and eagles that have hawks that have flown away. I don't even know. It's, it's pretty generous that you're calling it a wig. <laughs> it looks like more like a divot. So, so here we are making fun of the athletic department, and this is what we've come up with. <laughs> Wait, I got a question. Does Patung girl wear a wig? <laughs> If she has to enter with a clear bag, yes. <laughs> okay, so we have a baton curl. We have Bill Marcroft wigs. The only thing that can beat that is having the University of Utah run out in gray uniforms with the <laughs> oh, Beehive logo no. on their helmet. The Beehive logo. Oh, my heavens. Here we are back to the Maryland <laughs> uniform again. 
Gray? No. Gray? No. And no. There'll be like the buzz noise as they're running, like the oh, bees. Oh my gosh. Buzz. Are we now the youths <laughs> with Z's on That's the actually a good idea. It will be a great way to incorp- incorporate our state by having that beehive. And the gray uniforms will look spot on. All right, I, take- I don't mind the gray, but the beehives are awful. <laughs> no, dude, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Think Maryland, Under, or- Under Armour Maryland, but with Utah. That's like with that's, the beehive. That's like Maryland, Colorado City, polygamist <laughs> all wrapped into one. That I would like to publicly apologize to the University of Utah. We will gladly accept the drum back and that unrhythmic clapping. <laughs> Watch out, marketing department. We're coming for you. Don't make us come get you. <laughs> All right. So I think that's, I think we can wrap that up with our predictions. Hopefully, we see some great uniforms out there today. Hot takes. <laughs> Those were hot takes, is what they were. <laughs> Hopefully we see those great uniforms. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? You can find me at Uteman underscore forever. All right, you can follow me and this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. And at our home at UtahManPodcast.com. Go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. Scott's our defensive coordinator. (laughs) Cameron and I will play offense. (laughs) Can't wait to see who gets fired at the end of the year. (laughs) What are you doing to your microphone over there? It's like you're about to pull a Celine Dion and go to town. Don't give him any ideas. That's why he's this is why he's the defensive coordinator. (laughs) (laughs) This is is like putting wit in charge of the offense. (laughs) Well, I can't sound like an idiot. People already know you are. (laughs) 